Okay, here we go. Connection is being checked. And we are live. Good afternoon, everyone. Hopefully, you guys are doing well on this warm <laughs> Tuesday in California. Hello, everyone. You may be asking why am I wearing this today? This is my Do Not Judge Me wig. So I'm wearing this today because I put up a very interesting video today where I showed or talked about, thank you so much, Black Tire Media, where I talked about, you know, racing a motorcycle. And some people were judging, saying the motorcycle wasn't ready or so on and so forth. And it's, it's, pos it's, it's really my, my fault. Hello, official... Arole, good seeing you from back home, brother. Hello, I'm in control, good seeing you. Um, Breggy, tons of updates on that, by all means. My cars are well, and speaking of cars, behind me I have a new 2020 uh, Porsche Cayenne Coupe, twin turbo, which is pretty cool. And it's not coupe in the sense where it has two doors, it's coupe in the sense of the nice, very aerodynamic and very amazing, like attractive shape, how it tapers down to the rear. And then of course my K3V in a new livery that we were doing the filming with, you know? Hello, wide MK6. Germany's in the house. It's warm here in California as well. I'm wearing his wig, but for a very, very good reason. I'm doing well, Oparse. Good seeing you. I have to do at least one American classic, brother, says Mr. Don't Give a F. <laughs> well, I've, I've worked with Ford, so we did a bit of Mustang in 2015, if that helps, you know. The Cayenne is the best coupe SUV. It is. It's very attractive indeed and has a lot, you know. Big wig, absolutely. This is like a, as, as Arola can, can attest to back home, as a magistrate, this is what you wear in court, right? So, um, hope all is well. Um, the, very, the Beast, first time on your live stream. Where's the Odyssey? The Odyssey is right over there in the corner, in front of the uh, Cayenne Coupe over there, you know? Um, you look like you're about to lay down the Constitution. Yeah, I, I'm about to because this is my Do Not Judge Me wig. Um, because like today, to be able to talk about our, you know, physics and science, because I like to break that down very nicely, I put up a video at a local racetrack here at Barona. Um, there was so much drama in the sport compact scene, I decided to race a lot of domestics. So I went to this event in Barona, didn't lose an event that entire weekend. Um, and I thought a motorcycle one would be pretty nice to put up. And a few people, were, two people, a couple people in particular were judging me, saying, hey, the motorcycle guy wasn't ready. Oh, his, his motorcycle bogged. The motorcycle didn't bog. The guy just didn't react to the lights very well. And it's not the first or last time that I would race a motorcycle and win. Um, I have plenty of videos in my archives versus turbo cars. Did you guys know that that same all-motor insight was banned from Sacramento CMI because they didn't have an all-motor class? So I was placed with the turbo class guys and the turbo guys complaining because I was winning the events and spanking them. I wasn't the most powerful there. But I reacted very well to the lights and I ran mid to low nines, which is pretty crazy. And turbo to run low nines is actually pretty um, admirable. But if you're taking time trying to build up boost at the line and you react slowly, I will win the bait. I will win, you know? Yes, I need a gavel. Maybe I can use this as my gavel. In session, I shouldn't really be banging this, but it's quite protected. This is a Wera torque wrench, made in Germany. Very nice torque wrench indeed. I had the opportunity to use this recently and it's very beautiful. I mean, have you ever had a tool that's so pretty that you don't even want to use it? I mean, from the shaft that's black, it's like a nice, it looks like a black powder coat or anodized, it's very nice, to the very clear window here where you can pull. And you see it? It's a very, it's nice. So anyway, it clicks in each one. So you have a chance to win this. And I'm gonna ask a question 
at the end of our session, and whoever gets this right, I need you to DM me the answer, and whoever DMs me first with the correct answer will win this. And I'll just send over the information to Wera, and they will have the opportunity to send you, get your address and send it to you wherever you are on the planet. Hopefully North America. Anyway, so Wera, pay attention to our interaction today. You are going to experience a very, very cool tool. Okay, I see some good questions coming in. Okay, so, yo bro, your car is going to Integra, beauties, thank you so much. And I actually have a race versus that Integra, which is a really good race indeed. Hello, so one grande to you, that's my, my crew chief, Big John. So he's the one who is crewing for my CRX and the inside that you saw today. And he's seen it all. He knows how much we got protested. If it's up to John, I'll be wearing this wig permanently because he knows that we get judged all the time every track we go to, you know? Chinema GT3 is asking, so I had a question about a Taycan that you reviewed. So I say Taycan, some people say it's Taycan. Anyway, how does the turbo work if the car is electric? From my understanding, turbos work via the exhaust gases. Yeah, Chinema, you probably didn't watch the whole video, did you? I say you didn't watch the whole video because in the video I talked about the Turbo Monica. So just to give you a bit of an understanding, Porsche didn't use that as a way to describe the, the presence of a compressor wheel, an exhaust wheel with exhaust gases called a compressor, turning that and creating boost. It used it more as a trim level. So in the Porsche world universe, you have the base models and you have the little sport models and then you also have the the turbo models, and turbo models seem to be the more higher end models. So to them, it's not just explaining the fact that it has a turbocharger on it, it's a trim level for them. So you have a standard Taycan, which is like much less power than the 700 horsepower plus uh, turbo, and the turbo version has a higher one. Now, I wasn't too excited about that, but I do understand where they're coming from. Believe it or not, people like my father could care less if it had whirly things inside or not, as long as he has a turbo model that is, that's much more prestigious and faster. I hope that makes sense. Um, it looks like a Mercedes Petronas F1. It does. Maybe they do the same thing. You never know, you know? Oh, Corvo, the question's not here yet. The thing is, the question will come up, so you have to pay attention to what we do today, and I'm going to ask a question at the end, and whoever comes up with the right answer first by DMing me the right answer will win. And it's really interesting because I've done a lot of cool things um, with that insight that I put up there. It's actually, it has quite a few world records, which is great. Um, it's, let's talk about that insight. It's, it's part of the far corner over there, which is pretty interesting. And for those of you on YouTube, thank you so much for joining. And if you're not subscribed to my YouTube channel, please do. So that being said, um, the insight is a 2006 insight. I used an F22A motor. Um, some really cool things about that engine power plant in design is the fact that the engine core itself, using the Tron pistons, gold needle sleeve block, the aluminum rods, um, my billet crankshaft, you know, bore up to 90 millimeters, pretty nice setup, right? Um, dual stage Kinslers, it's really cool. Always had traction issues. And the more power I made, the more traction issues it had. And we weren't allowed to run any clever traction control. So I did use a kind of a crude slew rate setup where it um, gives me the opportunity to have a delta of RPM over time. And if I exceed that, it will initiate a, a soft rev limit, but it still wasn't ideal. Physics still worked against me. So when you launch a car, when you take off, you know it pulls you back, right? And by putting you back, since physics takes you going backwards, what happens? Your front wheels want to lift up. Now, right before that run, something interesting happened. The weekend before is when I met the guys from Purell, and I had the opportunity to add 5W30 to the engine, 
and I had a different competitor oil at the time, and I thought it was the best of the best, and I put pure oil, and I gained 12 wheel. And my mind hours shot up, my time got a bit faster, and then my traction got worse. So 12 wheel horsepower is what I gained on the pure oil 5W30. It was amazing in an engine that made north of 400 wheel, and it pushed me towards the 430 wheel horsepower range, which is great, right? So traction was a challenge, and how do you uh, use a wheelie bar to eliminate that? Some of you guys did talk about that uh, a little bit on the feed today, which I want to discuss it here on this live feed. Once again, my judgment wing is on, right? What I had to do was something very clever. So hang tight. I need to put a card in here real quick. Hang on for a quick second, guys. All right, so just put this camera on here. And that is in, and let me go ahead and turn this on. Here we go. Okay, sorry about my absence, guys. Appreciate it. Sorry about that. Um, what fuel did I use? I ran M1. So methanol was allowed. I really like methanol as a fuel, right, GY, because when combined with the right amount of air, it has a very good caloric output. So you need more of it versus gasoline or ethanol, but per unit air consumed, as, or ingested into the engine, it creates more heat, more reliable heat, and the tuning window gets much wider because it's, it's a very good anti-knock agent, you know? So that being said, when physics dictates that my weight transfers to the rear, my front wheels won't live, move up, what could I do? So what I did, and Slime, the mouth says, engineers are so creative, you're gonna get a kick out of this. Thank you, VR Racing, who loves my Porsche Hub shirt, appreciate that. So, what I did was utilize a wheelie bar system. But it's not just any wheelie bar system. The top part of the bars were, were cogged to my cage, so it's very rigid. The bottom of the bar, it was a single bar, but it went to my rear straight across axle. And it had different points where I could, how should I say, change the angle of attack from that mount point to where the wheel was. So what would happen is, when I launched the car, we would want to transfer backwards, the wheelie bar, not only will it prevent that physics weight of transfer to occur and prevent my front wheels from lifting, the momentum will create such much, so much force that it will push the lower bar inward towards the car. And since I mounted to my rear straight axle at a certain angle, it pushed my rear axle up. So if you pay attention to my launches, sometimes I launch so hard, my back wheels will come off the floor. Now, what does that do? It prevents wheel transfer or weight transfer to allow me to get adhesion, and it simulates a longer wheelbase at the same time without using any electronics, completely mechanical. Something different, huh? Landshark says, nice wig, my brother. Yes, this is my don't judge me wig. I wear this when people judge. I usually take it off, but I'm gonna wear it the whole session because today was interesting. It's been a long time since I posted one of my Honda Drag Race cars, and I did so today on Instagram, and I had these people coming out attacking. It's so weird. John, it's like what we experienced when we were racing back in the day because we had a single cam, and we had a challenge, you know, with spanking twin cam guys and spanking V8s, people get, instead of finding ways to be creative to make the cars faster, they want to attack us and get us banned, right? Remember that, right, John? Anyway, and John is my crew chief, who was my crew chief for many years here. So it's between him and Hedy, they would like take chances, you know, take care of stuff, you know? Well, Parson says, I love your Honda Drag Race car, BC. I do as well. I just don't, the scene was just, and still is, I think, very immature, you know? Rear traction, but amen, absolutely, Fox Design, you know? Have you thought of, uh, your thought on the RB26 coming back in production? Nate Kubiak, if that is happening, short of it being a reimagined RB36, 
the very same setup would be kind of archaic. It's old technology. I'd like to see more new technology. And Nissan's come a long way, so I'm curious about that, you know? Look at John said it. Yes, sir, always something. For those of you who know Juan Grande to you, that's John Mitchell. He was my crew chief for many years. We used to travel all around the country. We used to start racing in Florida, make our way back to the Midwest, um, go up to Chicago, then go up north to Pacific Northwest, and come back down to California, you know? Eagles run high in racing, says the Grand Yoginess. You're absolutely correct, but we all can learn, you know? Um, Landshark said, who attacked you? in my way. Oh, it's going to be a whole lot of people. <laughs> JP1 Baller says, your CRX is dominant. The car is fast. Thank you so much. Yes, it was a blast, you know? Um, Rod Motorsports says, in Argentina, thanks for joining us from Argentina. We hold one of the world records, four-cinder turbo wheelie car. Nice. Good job, sir. Good job. FD or FC? I love old school FCs. I, I, I just love FCs. I really do, you know? Nicholas Dry, you missed it. It was a really good explanation, but guess what? You're lucky. It's going to be up here on Instagram for quite a few, honestly, for quite a few years. But it, I'll also have it like an edited version that's very condensed to all the fun stuff on YouTube. So I have Miggy here who does a great job in condensing that for us, and you know, that's good, you know? First quarter on the inside says, right guy, it was 920 at 152. And I remember the first time we broke 150s, John, you remember this as well, people were screaming, nitrous, oh, he's cheating, oh my God, there's no way. But, you know, once again, the insight is very aerodynamic. I made a lot of power. Gearing was very important to me. I, didn't, I don't just throw things together and hope it goes fast. There's a science towards my car. And then that being said, it allows to be very successful. But like nowadays, people run 150 on motor, you know, right? So it happens. But when we first did it, we were protested and our engines, our fuel was checked and we were supposed to go tore down and it's ridiculous. I don't know, people are just out of control, you know? Absolutely every, every DN, engineering, engineering, you know? He said we need some methanol now. Well, John, what's funny is that methanol is, is fine, but what they are running nowadays is crazier, which I think they should be going faster. People are actually running nitromethane. So the all motor class is now a, a nitromethane class. What I'd love to do is just to build an EV drag front wheel drive and go and spank everybody, you know? So anyway, because EVs have a lot, it's a lot more uncovered and it's a lot more to do, you know? Thank you, Tom CRS, appreciate that. This is my do not judge me week because today people are really misbehaving on my feed. But speaking of not misbehaving, this, is what I talked about earlier. This is a Wera, very elegant <coughs> torque wrench. Very clean windows, very beautiful, has a good weight to it. One of the most beautiful tools, I've, if not the most beautiful tool I've ever had. And you're clicking. And this is just absolutely fantastic. And you can win one of these too. I'm gonna answer a ask a question at the end of our feed. And the first person to write to me with the correct answer will win. So that would be absolutely spectacular. So let's see what happens. Um, would you try nitromethane on Insight? Um, I'm tempted to. Uh, it's just that that program can be quite interesting because nitromethane as a compound does have a huge caloric content output, but it's also quite volatile, not very easy to control. So I will have to, personally, the way that for me to just destroy everything on the track, I have to break a lot of parts. So at the same time, I'm interested in possibly putting her back together doing some other things I want to do with just using regular ethanol or methanol, and then going EV just to do a comparison, you know? Sam Steele's asking, how's the EV935? Right behind me, sir, right there. So it looks a little quite different, right? It has this livery done by acronym. 
The founder of acronym, one of the founders, I should say, Erlson, he's based in Berlin, and he's this very high, very forward-thinking designer, amazing guy, and he does collaborations with Nike and some other great companies, electronic companies. He's very, very talented. So he kind of redid this livery because we did this film. We're filming this movie um, with him, and I think we finished the last shooting on Saturday night. So it has this look. Um, I'm debating where I should keep it there. Um, a lot of television shows tell me I should go back because they want to film it. Um, some of my sponsors are actually a little upset because they kind of didn't get full exposure with the previous livery. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see, you know. Um, love Honda Hatch, man. Sick Bill. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you indeed. Hello, Father Turbo, says Matthew R13. Good seeing you as well. I think I missed some really good questions here. Um, can you use nitromethane for low-budget civic build? Yes, you can put a nitromethane in a stock build. It won't last. You have to really invest. I mean, nitromethane, we've seen it from the VA guys, right? Your piston crown has to be pretty thick because you generate a lot of destroying heat. So budget and nitro in a build typically don't go together, you know? Did the center seat Porsche Boxster that was red become the center seat Hot Wheels Boxster? Not at all, William. As a matter of fact, um, I would love to be able to take you guys there to show you. Uh, maybe we'll go out and come back in, but right there, you know, I'm going to pause. You guys on YouTube, I'm going to pause you. I'm also pause you guys on the podcast. Hold on for a second. There. Okay, and turn this back on. All right. So here we're, we are back. So I hope that answers your question, sir. I think I'm blocking something here. Let me go right there. Okay. Yes, we're back to normal here. Okay. Yes, the Odyssey. Thank you so much. Did you take inspiration from McLaren to build the Cersei Porsches? Uh, no, I did not. It was actually, believe it or not, right behind me here. You see that thing on the lift next to those tires? That is the first Cayman that I ever, ever, ever built. Now, I had the opportunity, because Porsche does a good thing, you know, they're kind enough to send this via Rosnack, the new Cayenne Coupe, which is nice. But prior to this, because COVID now, we have to do this, but prior to COVID, they would rent the local raceway, being Porsche, would rent Fontana, and have I and the team um, drive a bunch of new cars at one setting. So in one particular event weekend, there was the new Turbo S, there was the new Cayenne Turbo, there was the Cayman R, and uh, the Panamera Turbo. So I had an opportunity to drive all those cars. And what was interesting was two things. One, the Panamera Turbo didn't feel like a four-door. When you're driving it, if someone blindfolded you and put you in the car, you feel like you're in a coupe. Then I got into the Cayman R. Now, I was absolutely blown away about how amazing the Cayman R was. Amazed by it. It had a balance and forgiveness that I didn't see with the 911. The 911 tends to want to oversteer. But it didn't have the power of 911. So I left there not wanting to buy a 911 or a Cayman, but finding a way to create my own that can give me the balance of a mid-engine Porsche with the power of a 911. So I picked up that 2007 S Cayman, twin turbocharged it, and it was just, it blew me away. It made 481 horsepower, and it was just amazing to drive. Then, after that, I had the opportunity to sit down with Matt Crook, who is the head or founder of uh, 1552 Wheels, one of our partners for wheel, one of our wheel partners. And I was telling him my experience and, and I said, you know what would be great if I can make this even more balanced? And he said, BC, what do you think you could do? I said, what about moving the seat to the middle? Like if the mid engine is there, but I'm still to the side, what if I just made it the ultimate driver with the seat in the middle? And he said, if there's anyone who can do it, you can BC. So I gave my good friend Sam a call, very talented fabricator, 
came up with a plan and then boom made it happen and the first time on the track it blew me up it blew, i was so impressed this thing is so forgiving and so much fun it's amazing even jay leno said oh my god this is better than his, than his own you know f1 he just couldn't believe it you know Papa Smurf is saying, can I afford a 911? So I planning, I can't afford a 911, so I'm planning to get a, a 2000 Boxer. Can I get power out of it, or is it just a swap? Um, you can, as a matter of fact, that Hot Wheels car that I just showed you has a 2.5 liter Boxer engine in it, and it makes 500 horsepower. How amazing is that? So yes, you can. The thing is that you have to look out for some things on, the, on that year um, Boxster. And it can get quite invasive and expensive to make that kind of power, but it can be done, you know? Turbo Cayman and Tune is better than a lot of 911s too. You're probably correct, sir. You're probably correct. Do you like Borgwarner EFR turbochargers? Um, I like the concepts in them, especially with the built-in recirculating valve and the wastegate assembly, which is pretty cool, very, com very compact with what it has to offer, a larger cartridge assembly overall, but it's pretty clever. Um, I remember seeing that about four years ago. It's quite forward-thinking. And um, I haven't used them myself in my own projects, but I've had them come here for me to tune, and they're quite nice. The last one I tuned was in uh, an Aero Atom for a physician customer of ours, you know? Is that an EJ hatchback in the back? There is an S2000 here. There's also an EG, but if you're sitting in the back there, that is a Porsche 911, a white Porsche 911 from 1982 Special Wishes car, which is quite rare, you know? Any plans for SI Type R build doing a K20 swap to an SI? No plans for that. Usually when we have projects like that, it's commissioned by Honda and they will not let us do that. So no, not at all, you know? What have you done to Lotus? I've never seen it before today. Yeah, William, I had on one of Tech Tuesdays here. Um, it's a good client of ours who had another shop do some work on it, but it has severe boost creep. And it's not surprising. I was so upset about the manifold design on that, I actually dedicated Tech Tuesday to talking about boost creep. So boost creep, as the name implies, is where you have a vehicle on, you know, on the street, a dyno, whatever the case, on the track, and you're, you want to give a, have a set boost level, but as RPMs go up, it creeps upwards. And what happens, the reason why that happens, primarily is because of a poor design of exhaust manifold. So what I've seen now, and it's a bit of an epidemic, what I've seen now is an opportunity where you have these manufacturer of exhaust manifolds. I don't know if it's being cheap or they don't understand the engineering behind it, where they're putting a wastegate on one exhaust pipe or two of them instead of the whole collective of exhaust gases. The wastegate, as the name implies, wastes exhaust gases, so your turbo does continue spooling. But if you only waste one cylinder or a couple of cylinders, the other remaining cylinders can still spool the turbo. It creates a very unpleasant driving and many times dangerous opportunity for the engine. So that being said, um, it's always good to be able to have a well-designed exhaust manifold, you know? Turbo Smart, yeah, it's, I was correct. It says boost cream makes us sick. Absolutely, it's actually quite annoying. So that vehicle is here with a bad case of not only having bad boost creep, but the client received a dyno chart that doesn't match what I saw as a baseline here on my dyno. I think he, he was told he made 400 two wheel, 450, and he made 330 here, even with boost creep. It was quite crazy, you know? So it's quite unfortunate, quite unfortunate indeed, you know? Um, it's actually quite warm this week. Does the crankshaft need to be balanced after rods or pistons change? Does it differ with different length layers of the I4 or V6? So I typically balance my rotating masses separately. So I do balance my rods as one assembly, balance my pistons on an assembly, and balance my crankshaft in an assembly. If I'm ever to com combine components, I would balance my crankshaft, add my flywheel, and balance that. But there's no need to. 
if you have a different set of rod or pistons, just balance them properly and should be good, considering that your crank was balanced properly in the first place, you know? Um, thoughts on SEMA this year, says Fox Design. What are you hearing and builders and sponsors? So my thoughts are this. Um, according to SEMA, and they keep in touch with us every week, it's still going to happen. Uh, sponsors, some of my sponsors have dropped off. We won't be building a Hyundai this year because Hyundai is not doing SEMA at all this year. We also have my partners here from TurboSmart. They are not having a booth this year. Uh, we have some other partners who are just going to wait this one out and maybe another one out as well. AEM is not going there, uh, the electronic side as well. But I have companies like KW who are having a booth, CSF that's still having a booth, and some other partners. I think KW even got a bigger booth. So I went from building five cars to now only two. I'm going to do one petrol-based and one electric-based vehicle for SEMA. So I'm, I'm plugging along like if SEMA is still going to happen. But I don't know. If, if Vegas gets shut down or the pandemic doesn't get any better, or we don't have a decent vaccine by then, it may be a bit of a cesspool. It may be very bad to have it happen. So I'm keeping my knees bent to where it may or may not happen. Um, but I'm hoping that SEMA is a great mecca for us and a great launch pad for a lot of new products. But we're still building accordingly. We're still going on. Like I said, I have a couple of Porsches I've done this year, which are one EV, one petrol, so it should be pretty exciting indeed, you know? Would you ever do a UK meet? Sam Steele, absolutely. I love the enthusiasm in, in, you know, in the UK, by all means, you know? Rod Motorsports really wants me to weld this wig to my head. He's asking for a D16 build, Vitara pistons or forged expensive pistons. So, first of all, I'm going to talk a little bit about your question. You say expensive pistons. Have you seen what Vitara pistons do to an engine when it disintegrates? You probably haven't. Well, I'll share with you. Vitara pistons you can get for a couple hundred bucks, right? Cheap, maybe even less than $200. You run your car, it's a cheap, very poor way of reducing compression in a D-series engine. As a matter of fact, Dota Brush is laughing because he knows I get quite quite vicious when it comes to this topic of Vitara pistons. So Vitara, the Suzuki Vitara is a smaller SUV that existed back in the day and someone had a clever idea to use that to replace D16 pistons because they were somewhat close in compression height. Now not close enough to be good but close to where even if it sits under the deck not very good for quench. Anyway, so these Vitara pistons are cast and when they go out and they do go out, you see all these builds Oh, I built a Vitara piston. I made 360. I made 400 to the wheels. And you don't hear from them again. You know why? Because one of those pistons advertently breaks, shatters. And when it shatters, it takes everything with it. When I say everything, your, your, it takes your head, your turbo. It just puts crap. It destroys your exhaust wheel. It backfeeds to the intake to the other side, kills your compressor and your turbo. It is so destructive. It is definitely not worth it. The benefit of saving $200 is not worth the carnage that happens. So, you say expensive. I sell Trump pistons for $530. Comes with forged pistons, rods, pins, locks. If you're really interested in building something, I can help you. I'll partially sponsor you. I'll get you a set of pistons for, let's say, $460 shipped. How's that? That will help you, but please, please, please don't use a Vitarinol. It's rubbish. Because it won't, it'll run for a minute, but it won't last long, and it will be destructive to your engine. So forgive me. I'm going to get off my soapbox. Thank you for the kind words on the shirt. This is my Porsche Hub shirt. I'm wearing my Do Not Judge Me wig because some people are really judging me racing a motorcycle today with using the Insight that I used. I have a pretty cool giveaway. This nice Wera torque wrench. Well, this is mine. So you're going to get one from Wera if you answer a question at the end. Um, 
DM me the correct answer, and we'll take it from there, you know? Which of your cars is the fastest around the track? So you mean a quarter mile or road race? Okay, so if I say quarter mile, it would be the Insight right now. If I say road race track, it most likely would be that 935 EV. Now, in terms of range-wise, of course, it would be the center seat, you know? Honorable Judge BC says, DJ Ramaroff, thank you so much, sir. I should do a pickup truck. I should. So many cars to build, so little time, eh? Let's see. How much would you charge to build a J-Series like the one in the Odyssey? Well, first, you have to wait a little bit because I'm pretty booked to the end of the year, but it wouldn't be so bad. Let's say maybe about 10 grand or so. It wouldn't be bad at all. Hello, Hyperkeys. Good seeing you. How much for an AM Infinity for a 2000 Civic? The Infinity would be about 1480 for the Infinity, and you need a jumper harness. And maybe I can combine, do a combination for you. So send me a DM, and let me see what kind of package deal I can do. Because for the 2000 Civic, you don't just need Infinity ECU. You need a jumper harness, you know, wire extension. You also need the wideband because it has a built-in controller, and it references the very fast processing and information from the wideband to give you an, a very, very, very good tune, um, even to allow you to build a good base map. So you do need those items indeed. So send me, send me uh, a little something and uh, be a DM and I'll see what I can do for you, you know? Are there still any D-Series cam available? I have a ZC VTech head. It's refreshed and I found some of your old posts on Hunter Tech with goodies. By all means. So Black Come of for Taggy, go on BC Mode. Well, I think the, I do have, yeah, I do have level 3.6s for the turbos, level Xs for the NA stuff, level 2.4s. I have them all on the website. I still have them up. So by all means, if you don't see it, let me know. What motor do you use in your EV builds? I've done quite a few things. Um, play around Cascadia stuff. I've done stuff with rebranded re or modified Tesla units. I've done, I, I'm picking up tomorrow um, a, uh, from GT Electric, I'm picking up, um, what am I drawing a blank? Uh, I'm drawing a blank on this. Net game, sorry. Picking up net game motor tomorrow as well. Gear to drive. Factory 533 hot rod pickup truck, that'd be pretty cool. Thoughts on the B16B? I'm not a big twin cam fan. <laughs> Obviously, you know. Do you have a relationship with Super As we part say, no, I do not, not at this time. But I'm not against it by all means, you know. Would you ever use the NVIDIA infotainment touchscreen and digital dash in a project? I would. As a matter of fact, Mr. Don't Give a F, I was looking for interactive screens for a new project. So um, I was looking at stuff from Andromeda, Andromeda, uh, NVIDIA as well. I don't have a relationship with those companies, so I don't even know how to start, you know? Yes, DJ, I do have these. I do have these in, in stock, by all means. If I was to send you a pair of VR5 cams, would you be able to do a 260-degree regrind on them? Yes, I could. Can I do a ride-along with you? Of course, Jordan, brother, you could, after this whole COVID thing comes to pass. I'm so down for that, you know? Pierre Wolf says NVIDIA all the way. Good to know. Maybe I'll look into that, you know? Any tips on how to modify, monetize car hobbies or getting sponsors? Yes, Lanty Boy 930, there is. The sad thing is that by the time you need sponsors, you won't need them. So you say, okay, what the heck does that mean? When I needed sponsors when I first started on my CRX and I had no resources and my car wasn't very fast and I needed help, from sponsors to kind of offset some of the investment costs for me so I can, with my focus, become a very fast racer. And sponsors would let me get there. And I couldn't get sponsors because I wasn't fast. It's kind of weird, right? You get sponsors when you're already fast, when you don't need them, but when you need them, you don't have them. And you can't blame them. I get hit up all the time as well because 
people burn sponsors so much, so it's very difficult. Anyway, I digress. The three things that kept me afloat or kept me successful in team sponsors is first, building my car and being very good at not only going fast, but also being a PR agent for yourself. Meaning, when you're at events, you put out tables, you talk to people, you interact, kind of what I'm doing now with Tech Tuesday. Secondly, saying what you do and doing what you say. If you want to tell a sponsor that you're going to an event, you need to be there. And if you, for some other reason, can't make it, you need to communicate with them. And when you're done with the event, you need to be able to let them know where the investment is going, how the event went, what was experienced, how did you win, where did you place. Communication is very key. And last but not least, being able to be a great advocate for that product. Please don't just get product and disappear and get it for free. Be there for your sponsor. It's a give and take. It's a relationship where it compromises and where you help each other. So your goal as a sponsoree is to make sure that your sponsor is placed in a positive light, and if the product is not up to par, you're there as a signing board to allow them to understand how to improve on their product. On the other side, the sponsor is there because he or she wants exposure for a product to be able to generate revenue. So that being said, it's a two-way street. As Hyperkey said, it's about relationships and loyalty, and he's absolutely correct. I've been smoked by CRX in my M3, says Marshall. Yeah. You gotta be careful with some of those cars. One of my fabricators here actually has an old school CB7 Accord. And you see this thing, like, it's like a white Accord with like some kind of weird looking, Type R looking wheels, kind of old school from the 90s, lowered. Doesn't look like much of anything. Four door. That guy makes 400 wheel. Don't race him if you see him. He will spe oh my God, it's crazy, you know? Um, if you had to start all over right now from the bottom, what car would you choose to start with to build and race and gain new sponsors? If I had to start from scratch now. From scratch, today, it would be probably a tie between the new C8 Corvette, because that get, that's getting a lot of attention now, and probably a new Supra, because the, the ICE world is really all crazy about that right now. Um, and that, that, that is kind of a hot, those two cars are kind of hot right now. Um, if I want to look forward into the future, most likely I'd either do something with a Tesla or even a Taycan, because that seems to be the future of motorsports moving forward, you know? My pleasure indeed, Slanty Boy 930, I appreciate that. Yes, the vet. People are so crazy gearing up. I was one of my friends from APR recently, he came here to tune, and he, we talked about that. He was so crazy about the C8, and I have partners crazy about it. And I have a gentleman who owns a dealership who's crazy about it. The C8 is just gonna just, it's gonna be amazing. Um, and as I do that, I haven't done the C8. I'm really doing some cool things with Porsche. That, man, that kind of cool, talk about luxury. I owned the first 955 Turbo Cayman, I mean Cayenne, sorry, Turbo Cayenne, and it is ancient compared to the beauty, luxury, and just, man, Rosnack, you guys know how to sell good cars. That thing is like, it's just so amazing, luxurious. So I'm gonna do a Porsche Hub, <laughs> thank you so much, DJ Puffalot, um, review today on that. I'll put on my YouTube feed, so if you haven't followed my YouTube feed, Please go there, subscribe, hit the notification bell so every time I upload something, you see it. It's pretty good. Remy from Aruba, thank you so much. Good seeing you. So here's a question I have because I'm going to bid you guys adieu very soon. A question to be able to win this, and the first person to DM me with the answer will be great. It's a bit of a compound question, so you have to get the three facets right. Okay? I talked about my Honda Insight earlier today, and I asked a question about, or oh, actually... I asked the question about how it made me fast, and I did a wheelie bar and all that stuff. But there's something 
that gave me horsepower that was above 10 wheel. How much horsepower was that and what was that part that I put on my car? What horsepower did I get that was over 10 wheel and what part was that? Send me a DM, the first person to get the right answer will win this wearer. So once again, this torque wrench is yours. If you could be the first person to DM me and answer to what part did I add to my Honda Insight to make over 10 wheel horsepower? How much horsepower was it and what part was that? I'll give you an answer, I'll give you a little hint. It was a fluid. Just leave it like that. It was a fluid. A fluid. So I'm gonna leave it like that. Alright guys, thank you so much for joining me on this Tech Tuesday where I'm wearing my judge wig. I hope not to wear this as often, but uh, I really appreciate all of you. This will be up here for the next, wow, few years via IGTV. I'm also going to upload it on my YouTube version. Um, I'll have my good friend Miguel do a smashing job in editing it and getting it very nice and compact. Miguel DSN is a good guy. It'll be up on YouTube. But I will have a review on this Rosnack derived 2020 Cayenne Turbo Coupe. So, that'd be good. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. It's not water wetter. Definitely not that, Kevin. Okay. Take care, everyone. Stay safe. Cheers. Bye-bye.